Blog Talk Radio. Try being in silence and try to really listen. 
Um, it was like the first time in a while, you know, that I really just had to be in the listening and receiving role. And that was really interesting. And we were talking about the Taoist philosopher Laozi, who wrote the pearl that silence is a great strong great source of strength and I really get that and um, part of what part of what his philosophy was that the true meaning and power of what we're feeling gets really tainted by um, by language and conventional wisdom which is limited in its function Um, and you know and I get that we use we use language as emphasis but he really saw it as detraction and we brought on um, we had a very special guest last week, Dorsey Russell, who is a who is a um, who is a co-parenting coach, and she works with um, with couples who want to act as co-parents in relationship about what it means to speak your voice, to have your voice, as well as what it me- what happens when you lose your voice in a relationship. And to me, that that's one of that's when it's really time to throw in the towel, when you feel like you no longer have a say, when what, when what you really need, not just your, your, um, your instinct to want to be heard, but your, your true needs and desires are no longer accounted for or cared for, um, then it might be really time to go seek some help. And Dorsey gave some wonderful, wonderful examples and, and tips for us. So, I hope you and I invite you all. And coincidentally enough, Dorsey was recovering from laryngitis. Also, I had met her a week before at a networking conference, and um, you can obviously tell, tell that we had so much fun. And when we were talking about being in silence, and also as well as your role as co-parents, was how to you how do you respectfully handle your children and keep your relationship presence with your child as opposed to falling into, unfortunately, where people fall into parental alienation, where sometimes you feel alienated from your parents, and then you wind up alienating yourself to your parents. And we had some she had some really, really great pointers. So I encourage everybody to go into the archives and listen to Silent Treatment, which can be found at www.blogtalkradio.com. And, um, and also leading off with the the takeaways from that sh- that show that we did last week where our, my best friend Melissa again was here to to co-host for me. I'm very very proud to announce that Melissa is officially um joining the Mama's Pearls umbrellas and she's going to have her own segments uh and um and carryover blogs called M Gems, which I I love that title. Hope you guys all, all like it too. And basically as we were saying and I've said before on real time with Melissa is Melissa brings like the practical side to me where where I focus on on Mama's Pearls of kind of deeping, diving into the the higher level spiritual side of the topics and Melissa is going to basically give you like the tools for the trade to actually take and and run with so um, we're going to hopefully launch this week with our first um, M's Gems and you'll get at least 10 helpful tips helpful tips from each week. And so I'm very, very happy, and I hope she'll, she'll join on the call later. Um, and, and just tying into the theme from last week to this week, I just wanted to, to say a couple of things about going into Mother's Day. I, um, I'm very fortunate to have had celebrated a couple of my own Mother's Days being a mother, and I'm always very grateful to have the opportunity around Mother's Day to acknowledge my own mother, who, of course, without her and without my father, my creators, I don't know where I'd be. I'd be still swimming in the primordial ooze somewhere. So um, it was a no-brainer that I wanted to have my mom on on the show to kick off my my mother's month of May, my merry merry month of May, and um, and also to really dive into um, the whole process of becoming becoming a mother and what it means to to be a mother, and it's not just all biological. Um, however in understanding the the deep connection that you have with the mother is also to understand um, 
the innate bonds of your children. And I believe, like, children know their moms better than the moms know themselves, and moms know their children better than the children love themselves. And there's a Jewish proverb that says, a mother understands what a child cannot say. So I hope you all all are listening tonight. We'll get your get your moms on the phone if they're still if they're still here and with us. And you're welcome to call into Mama's Pearls today. The call in number is three four seven three two seven nine four five zero. And I also encourage you to either send me a note on Facebook or on Twitter or to my email at Cynthia at Mama's dot com. My Twitter address is Cintweet. And um, and and share your stories with me about how you're going to honoring honor yourself as a mother as well as your own mother. Now, again, this this week's show is called Mother May I, and the pearl of the week is Dance Upon the Tears. Now, um, when I was thinking of of this week, a few things happened which which kind of um, which triggered which I knew I wanted to touch upon but wasn't sure how it was going to string together. And when I think, when I initially thought of Mother May I, I thought of um, the initial permission to be born. And um, with the permission, you know, obviously my mother has has granted it, and um, and allowed me to enter into this world. And I've introduced my mom before on this show. She was on my um, my Master Mom show, which is which is in the archives. And um, like I said, she in my mind, she's a black belt mama. There there's no one better than my mom. She is has always been my my um my mentor spiritual and otherwise she is a clinical social worker she has a private practice as well as um as working with an agency she has the most highest credentials in the in the social work field and is also she used to be a teacher and an educator and an art teacher and she just is the most wonderful woman in the world so mom i hope you're there and I'd like to wel- welcome you. Thank you very much. I love listening to the compliments. <laughs> well, consider it part of my gift to you for this Mother's Day because um, because there's no greater way for me to express my love for you than to share it publicly. <laughs> Happy Mother's wow. Day, Mom. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, okay, so... I also came across this proverb which said, God could not be everywhere, so he created mothers. And there's such a funny bit about that, about, um, you know, some people think like their moms are such a nag and they should just, you know, not not be there as much. But it, but it's, but it's really true. I mean, God does does its part in bringing bringing a child in, but it, but you know, it's through the the mom and the real vessel of having that experience of being pregnant or or adopting a child or giving birth to something new. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be biological. There are plenty in this women in this world that consider themselves the mother of something, and um, and and when i think of that that we we are doing kind of god's work and being in being a mom is picking up those pieces and picking up the slack and there's so much things that a mom will do for their children for their house for their project um that nobody else would really do and it goes so much underappreciated and often not recognized and i really want to take a moment to just recognize that with you mom of all the things that you do on just a daily basis to to keep the engines going and to keep us all squared and to do the work that you do around um around me and Val as well as as well as your grandchildren and your own house and your own life and i am just immensely immensely grateful for you and for the relationships that we built over my my 35 plus years here and of being your daughter so um, i feel very fortunate and very lucky um uh, and that's really nice to hear uh you be a mother you do the nurturance you do your best and your best judgment and then to sit back and hear your own daughter who's a mother herself really talk about how much it meant to her 
and how good it was for her. Oh, thank you very much. Ooh, that was wonderful. <laughs> well, well, stay tuned. There's more to come. Um, <laughs> well, one thing that really struck me, and um, and with the timing of how everything's falling, was this past weekend. And this past weekend was basically my my grandparents, my mother's parents unveiling. And what that means was my grandmother died um, last March and my grandfather followed soon after last August. And um, my my mom and her sisters decided to do um, to do one unveiling for both of them. Typically, it's it's a year after each pass that you unveil their headstones. And um, my grandparents, we were doing a shared headstone for them, and so we were going to have a ceremony at their grave sites with the family and with the rabbi to basically um, you know to honor that passing. It's basically I think it's more about like acknowledging the mourning, but but moving on to the next stage of mourning. And um, I just found the day to be really, really beautiful. You know, it was, it was like, you know, I, I've missed Grandma and Grandpa so much this, this past year. And Grandma, when Grandma passed, it really set me off on my journey to want to do Mama's Pearls and want to um, to memorialize things for my, my own family and to pass down wisdom that I gathered from her, from Grandpa, from you, from Dad, um, and from my family, as well as just, you know, like I'm like quoting Lousy and doing all this research and finding just wonderful masters of wisdom and wonderful pearls of wisdom, I should say. And in in, in doing that and having this experience over this past year, like I really recognize and actually have got like grown to understand grandma and grandpa so much better and so much more clear and how really true and at heart very simple they were as what really mattered to them was was their family and nothing else seemed seemed as important to them and you know half as important as as the people who were there um standing around their grave and that was just so beautiful for me, and I know you did a beautiful job in just um, in the in the ceremonial touches and making it and always making it special. And I know that's something that your dad always admired admired about you. And for me, it was though like recognizing the life that was coming out of their death, and and that was really the generations that were standing around and honoring their life it was their their daughters their grandchildren as well as their great-grandchildren and to me that was really gorgeous and that's primarily what this week's um blog was is about is about that that whole day and experience so i just wanted to um to see what your your feelings around um around sunday were well i thought it um was not only putting them to rest, but it was also a celebration of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, having the family around, the, their daughters, um, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, and everybody sharing something that they will remember about them, that even though they're not here anymore, they're here in our hearts and our minds, and they live on through their descendants. So with, put it, you know, honoring them in their passing and honoring them in their legacy that they've left. And it was a beautiful legacy, and it was um, as absurd as it might seem to be standing at a gravesite, which is about death and separation and ending, that somehow it was also about life and mm-hmm. the appreciation of sharing and ha- having a life, sharing a life, and that life continues. And I, I, I felt very moved, very moved, mm-hmm. and also very grateful that my family, my daughters were there, and my grandchildren were there, and uh, my sisters were there, and my nephews were there, and people who were very close to my parents 
were there, and it was um, a very full experience. Mm-hmm. It it was really a day that that I will never forget, and um, you know when we're sitting there and looking upon like the the dry earth that now covers their their bodies and knowing that their spirits are elsewhere, and watching my kids, who you know my kids basically they dropped to the ground and they couldn't wait to get their hands in the dirt and they were playing in the dirt above their gravesite. Um, you know, as they would if they were in the middle of a sandbox in in a park. And at first it was like, do I pull them up? Do I, you know, it was like uncomfortable at first. And then as I'm watching them, I'm like, you know, this is really kind of cool what they're doing, you know, infusing well, we, we their start, own you know, feel. I was wondering whether to stop them also. Mm-hmm. And then I knew my parents loved them so much that they mm-hmm. would be giggling and laughing Right. that their great-grandchildren were there <laughs> doing that. Um, so it seemed to have been, to be absolutely fitting, even though it right. doesn't on the surface seem right or appropriate. Right, yeah. right. right. You know, was, was that appro- you know, appropriate behavior? I don't know. I, would that be written in the etiquette book for <laughs> attending anybody's gravesite? I don't know, but it... But it seemed it seemed to fit, and it was almost charming. And the rabbi started um, singing a prayer, and like right on cue, my daughter started dancing. And she's wearing our hot pink shoes, which she absolutely refused to leave the the house without. You know, we dressed her in black and like a black, white, and gray skirt, and she had to wear her hot pink shoes. And um, and there she was dancing, and I was like, oh my god, because she really started dancing on their grave, and then all of a sudden my son started dancing as well. And at that point, like, I just started smiling. I remember looking up and looking around, and everybody was, you know, had tears in their eyes, but were still smiling at them. And to me, like, that was what it was about. It was really a life choice. And just to back up for a second, like, going into that weekend, it was either, you know, we had a scheduling conflict, which happens, you know, in everybody's lives, and it was either we go to Grandma and Grandpa's unveiling, or we had a a birthday party that we were invited to, which is one of um, my daughter's really good friends. And, um, you know, in Judaism, there's a saying that you always choose life over death. And so, like, going with that, you know, if you were to just apply that archaically, it would be like, oh, well, obviously I would have to choose to go to the birthday party. But I chose to take my children and go go to the mailing and stand by the cemetery. And it was in that moment when I saw them covered in, like, you know, in the dirt from their grave and dancing upon their grave where I realized that I actually made the life choice, that I did choose to celebrate life because without without – Grandma and Grandpa and their journey and their ancestors and Dad's parents and, you know, the tale of Grandma and Grandpa's survival and them having you and that you having me and me having the children, there would be no life. And I was just, when they were dancing, it was like, it was so appropriate that they would literally dance upon um, our tears. You know, they weren't crying. They didn't. They didn't pick up on the sadness of it. They were just in their element and in their space. And from them looking up and probably seeing all these crying adults, you know, who knows, <laughs> you know, what they were thinking. But I really felt like it was such a beautiful and and powerful day. And then, of course, looking over and see seeing my uh, five month old niece who was passed out in in her dad's arms standing around the gravesite. Like, I, I I was just picturing, like, Grandpa playing the piano and, and watching the kids dance and Grandma sitting on her chair just looking over and smiling. That's really what I felt. Yeah. The cycle of life and death, they're mm-hmm. hand in hand. You know, if we lived forever, would we really appreciate life? having the chance to have have a life in the years that we do have because it would go on forever. We wouldn't know anything else. But the Mm -hmm. fact that one day we are going to die reinforces how valuable life is. 
You know, so there, there's this dichotomy that seems to be on total opposite ends of the spectrum, but in reality, it's one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How precious are grandparents that live into their 90s? Right. Great grandparents that live into their 90s to be able to see great grandchildren. That's outrageous. That's beautiful. And that the great-grandchildren can be there being great-grandchildren while while commemorating two people's lives. And that, for me, was the sweetest part about the last um, three years was being able to take the children and going over and spending time with Grandma and Grandpa and just watching them completely light up and sharing that that moment with them and and my kids still remember them I mean I still show them pictures and they still can spot them out um you know I love that Colby was trying to like read off the the letters on on their on their headstone mm-hmm. and those are those are the moments I I'm going to remember and what's funny was when I was um I was I met Melissa today for for coffee and we were talking about the show and we were talking about the month of May and being a mom and we were doing some research and we came across a little known fact that the founder there was a founder of Mo- of Mother's Day it wasn't just a, a a given like like we talked about um on Girl Power with Cynthia and about her great grandma Jenkins in being part of Susan B Anthony's team in the women's suffrage movement you know things that are established and that we just take for granted as another national holiday it was actually petitioned for by a woman named Anna Jarvis and Anna Jarvis is the mother of Mother's Day and what I really found interesting about Anna is that Anna was never married and she never had children. But when her mother passed away, she basically petitioned for two years to find a way to memorialize her and to remember her mother. And that's how Mother's Day was founded. She also created the Mother's Day International Association. And um, and Mother's Day basically was um, was founded on, I believe, May 12, 1907. And Woodrow Wilson was the president who signed um, or who basically created a national holiday around Mother's Day. I just thought that was so... Fascinating, again, that here was a woman who was not a mother but wanted to honor her mother who had died. So, again, the whole cycle of life and death and from life is death and from death is life just really struck home to me. And um, and the fact that she wasn't a mother herself was just, was just remarkable. I just think that that's a fact that people are going to remember and and repeat. And I hope that they do because I feel like you know it struck me on on such a deep level about um, about what it is and why it is Mother's Day is an important day. And um, and the other fun fact about Mother's Day is the fact that it's the is the spelling of it where it's mother apostrophe s. So instead of mothers, you know, with the apostrophe afterwards. So it kept it in the singular form, and there was a reason, a conscious reasoning behind it um, to be a singular possessive. So each family can honor their mother and not basically a blanket commemoration of all mothers in the world. And I picked this stuff up from from Wikipedia, and, and this just kind of, really um, took the whole meaning of Mother's Day to a deeper level. And um, Anna Jarvis is a total pioneer. She's the mother of Mother's Day. And um, what's kind of funny, which we can talk about a little bit later, was she was really actually ticked off, though, at how commercialized Mother's Day had become. And she turned against the day that she founded because people moved away from the true spirit of why Mother's Day was created. And again, she was doing it from the deep level of wanting to really honor and have at least one day where people took the time to honor what it meant to be to be a mother, to have a mother, to be a child, to be a daughter, 
or to um, to have created something a legacy. So I thought that was really interesting. Did you have any any thoughts on that, Mom? Oh, it's a fascinating fact. Yeah, um, really is. It's you know I always assumed Mother's Day was always there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Year. But exactly, we we yeah. forget that that the things that we that have been established on our calendar were established. Um, the calendar was written. These things were written. We we take for granted so much of um, what we do on a daily basis, and you know it sets it takes somebody to set these things in motion. And in this case, it was it was Anna Jarvis who founded Mother's Day. So cool. Yeah, it really is. To me, it was so so cool. So when we talk about um, celebrating Mother's Day. And each individual person's perspective of Mother's Day, um, you know, and how to honor it. I mean, what would make you, Mom, feel most honored? Wow, what a question. What most honored? I I think the the most honored is the um, appreciation just attention, acknowledgement, and appreciation. Um, I don't think it's things. Um, the enjoyment of being together. Uh, that would honor me uh, beautifully. And how would you honor your mom? How, how do I honor my mom? Because mm-hmm. again, I believe it's not just about um, like you can honor your your mom or really anyone at any time, whether they're living or have passed on. So how would you honor your mom? Being loving um, at this point is remembering her through my heart and feelings um, that she evokes in me uh, that they're wonderful and I cherish them and um, that's honoring her every time I do that that's beautiful and I see that we do have a caller I believe it is Melissa so I'm going to bring her on air hang on a second Uh hello Melissa hello am I on Yes, I you are. You? Okay. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Are you on? Hello, Melissa. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Hi, Gail. Hi, Melissa. Well, I thought it'd be, uh, you know, I thought I would pop in and join in and uh, maybe, um, yeah, can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I thought I'd pop on the line. Um, I was enjoying listening to... Um, Gail uh, talk about how it's best to be honored and I had a question for Gail Ooh. okay so <laughs> my perspective is that I see I know you forever since although not officially my mother I would definitely put you in the categories of like a mom so happy Mother's Day thank and, you um, thank you it must be amazing as a mom to see Cynthia be you with her children. I remember how you used to be with Cynthia, and now I watch Cynthia with the kids, and I'm like, wow, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So I definitely would love to know how it is from your perspective watching Cynthia, like, you know, ooze gal all the time. <laughs> well, I, mom don't, I don't see her oozing me. I, 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 I. I don't see that mirror. I just see her being a mother and doing um, her, her nurturing to her children and watching that and watching her children respond. And I get absolute pleasure from it. Well, my compliment or my gift to you is that when I watch Cynthia with those kids, I definitely see that... Um, Again, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I see a lot of Gail coming out a lot, and it's all oh, good wow. stuff. So. Wow, I like that. 
<laughs> I really like that. Uh, wow, I never thought of it that way. I always see Cynthia as Cynthia is her full self, and I uh, watch her, and I'm always concerned. There's always a sense in me that she should be her expressing what's natural for her, what her essence is. That's whatever it, that's right for her to be doing, um, and when I and most of the time that's what I see, and it makes me very happy that she's expressing herself in her life. Well, I definitely it's it's fun to watch us doing your it job. It is fun to watch us. <laughs> All right, but ladies, I, carry on. You guys are doing great. Thanks, my dear. And um, I, and I hope you heard earlier when I did the announcement of M's Gems. Oh, I so. do. I definitely have some wonderful, um, you know, the show's not over, so definitely my takeaways aren't completed, but I definitely think there's ways we can pull it all together and we all can honor, perhaps not if we don't have our mother living, but just to honor our mother in many different ways, whether they're here right now with us or they're still very tied to us and personal in our lives. So um, everyone should stay tuned. I'm excited. I can't wait. And happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Yes. (laughs) All right, carry on, guys. Take care. All right. Love you, darling. Love you. Bye-bye. And that's Melissa. Well, it, I didn't, it know, is, I didn't yeah. know that someone who knew me and when uh, as a mother to you and was growing up herself, that now her being a mother, looking at you and seeing such a similarity, I was not aware of that. You know? oh. um, it's true. It's... Um, but what's what's funny to me is now because I remember Melissa coming over and us sitting at the counter and watching you basically like prepare us food and just sitting there, you know, chatting. And now we do the same thing, but in reverse. We're the ones behind the counter, behind the counters, and our kids are sitting there, you know, picking up the food and chatting with us. And it's just really wild again to watch the generational cycle of how you know certain I'll call it a tradition because it did seem like a, like a tradition in our house that that's what happened when you walk in the, walked in the door but now seeing that carrying on in our own family well my mother did that too whoever walked yeah. in the door she fed him yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so true that's so funny and, and I think everybody around the gravesite was mentioning that something about her her um, her feeding and her cooking and always feeling really welcomed and nurtured by her. And that's such a um, kind of really a crucial and undercurrent of, of the role of being a mom is having that nurturance, whether it be through, you know, food is obviously one very important piece, I might add, um, but just one part of that of really feeding your child's soul. And um, I know you've always consciously worked with me to help feed, like, the spiritual side of my soul. And I talk about that on on Mama's Pearls a lot, of basically raising a well-rounded child and addressing all the different parts of a child. And dealing with the spiritual side is a very strong part of it. And nurturing the other aspects of your child is such an important thing, too. Um, and the nurturance is, you know, supposed to come natural to women. When we talk about, you know, a mom's instinct, a mother's instinct, where, you, you know, you become a mom and all of a sudden, like, that, that kicks in. But that does take some some fine-tuning. <laughs> and, um, I don't know and how true that is. A mother's Absolutely. instinct? Yeah. Really? What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's something that's a choice. I think there's a lot of mothers um, who are too self-involved then to really nurture a child. They're nurturing themselves. And I, and I think 
when you have a child and you look at the child and you fall in love with the child, you also make a choice saying I, their welfare is important to me and therefore I am going to take care of this child and help this child grow and adjust to this world and uh, nurture them that they become who they wish, you know, should be. Um, and I think it's a choice. I think uh, many times mothers, in their sense of nurturing, is creating their own image. Mm-hmm. Look at me, I'm such a great mom. Instead of, uh, that's my child in which I need to look at to see what that child needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's a big choice. And although a mother who is narcissistic in that way will say, I'm nurturing the kid, and will not realize that there's another way of um, nurturing, which is serving the child, not the self. Well, how do you know when you are basically helping your child from a selfless standpoint versus a selfish standpoint? Because one of the things I talk about all the time is, you know, you don't really recognize that there's a problem going on. Yeah. An imbalance. <coughs> okay? Yeah. Okay. <coughs> sure. My other son-in-law, he, if I can bring him into the picture. Yeah, let's talk came, about him. came to me <laughs> saying he noticed the other day with your niece, my granddaughter, his daughter, that he walked into the room and he was busy saying hello to the other people in the room and not his daughter first. And he Mm. noticed out of the corner of his eye that she was not happy about it. (laughs) Right, and and just to back up, up, my my niece is, what, five months old? Right. (laughs) And he noticed a discomfort in her. She was not happy with that. What is this? Um, and he was talking about it. And I said, that's parenting. To take a look at your own actions and how it is affecting your child. And to take note. So, And then you make a choice of what does that mean and what does that mean, what would be appropriate for you to do, to do which will help your child grow. Right. That's and right. And I think um what you're saying with that and that's that's pretty adorable too of a story is tying into what Dorsey was talking about last week about taking accountability for your actions and making the adjustments along the way and noticing the mistakes and not shaming yourself or your children for it but really owning up to it and seeing how you can do it better the next time. And um, and there is something about parceling out your attention and acknowledging your children. Um, they're going to look to you first. And I've noticed that, too, when I've done things like that where I'm, I'm talking to everybody else and there's my child jumping up and down going, up, 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 mommy, 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 mommy. Okay. And, um, you know, is it which, which, which conversation is more important to carry out, that with your child or that with who you're with? Um, yeah. yeah. Obviously, you can examine that and make the choice on a case-by-case basis. But um, because it is a case by case basis, because sometimes it would not be appropriate to constantly serve the child first, where the child feels it's me, 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 me. That is not very healthy. Uh, Each person needs to know when it is appropriate for them to be first, and when it's appropriate that they need to take their turn. When it's enough, when it really the focus should be on another. Um, that's important for for you know to teach your child. Right. So it's this constant observation and seeing what is happening with the child and taking note of that and thinking about that, rather than in your own pre- uh, preconceived image of what you have of your child and feeding that image that you have in your head rather than being observant of your own child. 
you know, so it's, it's a big difference. Yeah, and and it's a hard one to um, to distinguish. And again, it's a constant battle that we have because then the other part of being a mom is that you always, you know, not always, but you feel so guilty and so remorseful. But you don't want to have to be apologizing for every everything that you do all the time. Um, or obsess about it. I mean, I mean, I remember a few few things that I I've said to my to my my children and where I've regretted saying. And I think about it and I'm like, oh my god. Well, from this, I could just so totally see him spiraling down the rabbit hole because I I, I said that to him, you know. Um, but you know, the self correcting is, is is so is so important to have, but to not get obsessed about. Exactly. Exactly. You know, parenting, uh, being a mother, uh, nurturing our children uh, so they are emotionally well-balanced, that is a constant process. It's always changing. But the uh, way in which we do it, which is observing our child, seeing where they're at, seeing what's happening to them, and then taking note and making decisions of what we would think would best serve their interests, whether short-term and long-term, taking that all into consideration, that is always the same. But what we do is constantly changing in how we're going to deal with it. And sometimes we're right on in our choice. Right. Sometimes we miss the mark. And when, but when we notice, hey, wait a second, what I just did missed the mark, then we got to go, whoa, got to get back on mark in what's going to work. What's right. going and to I... help our child grow into a well-rounded, well-balanced, emotionally sound adult. Right. And, um, and I think people have a hard time seeing what that looks like or how that works on a day-to-day basis. Well, and, well, that's part of my work. You know, I help parents right. do that. I help them learn how to do that when they're off the mark and they come for help. You know, right. so it's something I'm constantly involved in. Right. So, so your mothering continues on in your in your therapy. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there's a reason why we have a lot of you know, adopted brothers and sisters and refugees, you know, Karen being one of them. And Karen was on on the show um, a while back, and we were talking about that, how she was a, a refugee, and, and you and Dad were like second second parents. And I feel like a lot of um, Val and I's friends also really do look to you and, you and Dad for that um, that secondary guidance in their lives. And it's a role that you guys both just, do naturally in wanting to be fully present for um, your quote extended ch- children, <laughs> your children and extended family, um, to to help to help guide them when they're off the mark. And one of the things I always admired in in how you raised me, and I could probably speak for Val on this too, um, is that you always there were always boundaries in place. But you really would set up a wide, um, wide guidepost for me, and give me the space to kind of ex- explore between the boundaries. And that's hard for a lot of parents to do with their children. It's just to be a little set off, set up guideposts, and then kind of let them go off and, and explore and find their own way. And when I would veer off into foul territory, you would. And I was off my mark. You would bring me bring me back to center, um, or help work me slowly back to center. And I know that that is what you do in um, as a therapist as well. And why being a therapist was almost like second nature for you, and just so like, duh, yeah, that's what you, that's what you were meant to be to meant to be doing. Yeah, I, you know, it's if you look at the different stages of child growing up. When they're first born, they're totally helpless, and you're doing everything for them. But as they go from stage to stage, they're able to take on more of the task of taking care of themselves. So it's a gradual process where those guideposts keep changing. And if you, you know, 
at least how I see parenting, if you do not allow the child the room to explore, to problem solve, to self-initiate, to figure it out, to get the satisfaction of achievement, then the the child, as the child grows up into a teenager and then to a young adult and then an adult you know, of their own, they don't have the skills or the fortitude or the experience of trial and error and knowing this is how you manage life. This is, oh, I know how to do this because I've gradually grown into doing this. Um, and many parents, with all good intentions, do it for the kids as they're growing up and don't allow that space of trial and error and right. do not create a safety, a boundary, which would be safe for them to explore. And they do it for them, and then the kid gets older and they don't move out of the house or they can't hold down a job or they can't manage their money. Well, they've never learned along the way to acquire these skills. Person right. just doesn't get it because all of a sudden you're 25, 30 years old. Boom, you got it. It doesn't happen that way. You learn it. And so parenting, you know, part of, of the nurturance of parenting is creating a, a safety uh, arena with, that the boundaries are appropriate for that level of experience exploration and keep changing it for the, for the child as they keep growing. So they grow right. into themselves. Well, one of the other things that I wanted to tie back to with um, Anna Jarvis's pet peeve about the commercialization of Mother's Day, and really you can tack it into any any holiday. <laughs> That's true. Commercialization <laughs> it, of everything. It's commercialization yeah, everything. of spirituality. I mean, wow. Right. Right. I mean, everything has its own industry, and that's where we get off the mark, and that's where we forget what the um, the origins are. And if five years from now, you know, Mama's Pearls becomes as big as whatever, as big as Oprah, or whatever it is, um, and if I'm off track. By all means, everybody, mark my words. You can come I and smack call me. Into the show and <laughs> you can go into the show and smack me back to center. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be a smack. <laughs> whatever, you know, reality check, whatever. Yeah. As as and that, and that's my mom saying, you know, don't smack your kids. You, you can you can give a psychic smack. <laughs> But um, but because the core of it, and Melissa and I were talking about this at lunch today, you know, at the core of why Anna, pers- you know, pursued this, is to be in the space of the honoring, and we get so with the, you know, with our technology and with all that we have to do, we always rush to f- go from A to Z. And we always forget that it is about the journey, not just about the destination. Oh, it's Mother's Day. Oh, my God. I have to plan one day with my mom. I have to make sure I see, give time for my mom, my mother-in-law, myself, this one, that one, and the other. And we forget when we're jumping around from things to things where we make, make a reservation at a restaurant that we just want to, like, put our heads down and get through it. And I want to encourage everyone to kind of take a step back and whatever you're doing to honor Mother's Day this this Sunday, or actually there is different days for Mother's Day internationally around the world, which is kind of cool. It's not it's not um, oh, it's not on the same mother, day. I can jump from place to place. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's that go. <laughs> That's so cool. But, yeah, but, you know, which is why, like, you know, when we celebrate a birthday in our family, it's not just that birthday. We basically give give each other a whole month (laughs) to celebrate our birthdays in multiple celebrations. (laughs) Same with Mother's Day. It's on different dates depending on, on where you are in this world. But to really take the time to 
um, one of the things Melissa's going to write about in MGEMS to, um, to get to know your mom, to learn something new about her, almost take an interview of her, ask her questions of other things that you don't know, ask her about her. And in that way, you can appreciate her and honor her and get to know her on a deeper level. And do something that your mom or and yourself love to do, whether it's together or separate. Uh, take up one of the hobbies and do it together. Um, you know, forget about buying flowers. If your mom likes to garden like my mom does, maybe um, buy her a plant or some seeds and take the kids and the grandkids and go out in the yard and, and plant something. You know, do something together. Do something in the spirit um, of why you and your mom are connected. Mom, you and I were talking today about how your relationship with, with your mother um, is one of the the most sacred and um, deepest imprints that you have, and it's usually your first imprint being born into this world. Even if you're you're given up for adoption or or whatever, that that initial um, imprint is of your experience with your mom, and that that tide and that bond runs very very deep and is very very sacred. So just take some time to to honor that. Mom, is there any other way, because I want to close out this section and, and wrap up and just um, give an overview of what's com- what else is coming this month, mm-hmm. but is there any other thoughts that you have in honor of, of each person and each family's um, acknowledgement of Mother's Day? Soak in, you know, take the time and soak in the essence of your mom as if it would be the only time you might have to be with her. Breathe her in, look at her, be there present with her, and let her be there with you. And it might be a very fulfilling moment where you started to talk in this segment about silence. Be Mm -hmm. silent. Be present. And it might be just absolutely wonderful, even if it's just for a moment. Mm -hmm. Because one day we're all going to be dancing upon your grave, too. (laughs) That's just your grave, everybody. (laughs) That's just the cycle of life. So, um... So, Mom, thank you for being with us for my well, my for Mother's me. Day. Thank you for yeah. having me. Thank you. And um, don't hang up, though, because we're not done yet. Um, but, again, don't, yeah, I, I could see you're probably like, okay, bye. Exactly. <laughs> 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 just, just hang on for a minute because we've got to close out with my, my mama's questions. And I can't wait to hear these because I've expanded the questions since the last time you've been on the show. And um, I just want to give everybody a little bit of a glimpse of what we're planning for this month. And along with creating the cycle of life and death, it's honoring how we got here in the first place. And I've been doing a lot of studying, or I should say restudying my Greek gods and goddesses. And, of course, we're going to be honoring the mighty Aphrodite in our upcoming sessions of Mama's Pearls and bringing on and talking to a sex therapist and getting into the sexual energy energy. So I know you guys can't wait for that one. Um, I also want to bring on and speak with a mom this month who has given birth to something outside of herself and is running nonprofits and doing um, more to help other children and families in need. And then we're also going to be tackling um, the pure beautification of of the mother and the divine feminine. So that's a little bit about what we have in store for you this month on Mama's Pearls. Again, it's May. It's the mother of all months. I am delighted that my mom was able to join us um, Join us today for Mother May, ha- May I, and permission is granted for all of us to own 
that which we give birth to and to own our space as mothers, as daughters, as children, as friends, as um, as workers in this world. And again, if you want to um, connect with me, my email is Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. You can find me on Twitter at SinTweet. You can listen to any of the archives on Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so now we get into the Come Tell Mama segment. So, Mom, what is your luxury indulgence? Meditating. Nice. Okay, now I've asked you this question before, but now I want to get it on air. Which of the following would you choose? The best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? I got to pick one. Yes. <laughs> I got to pick one. Yes. Oh, the best sex. Oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, your favorite movie genre? Comedy. Comedy. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> and your favorite comedy would be? Defending Your Life. Yeah. Love that movie. And is very, very apropos to. Um, to what we're talking about today. If people haven't seen Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep, oh, my God, it's just the funniest, funniest, best, and and I would say spiritual movie. So definitely rent it. So in food, do you prefer sweet or salty? Sweet. What do you consider your most beautiful feature? My eyes. Okay, I can make some jokes here about your eyes, but I'm not going to because they are beautiful. Um, okay, so, and the best advice that your mama ever gave you? Well, she gave so many. Um, to enjoy my life. And I would add in the recipe to good gefilte fish. <laughs> <laughs> 